there's so much advice out there and some of it's good and some of it's bad. Trust your mama instinct on that and just like, hmm, you know what? This is stressing me out. Walk away from it. There's other people out there who are finding answers less stressful. You don't have to follow everything. Hi, I'm Shelly. And I'm Maria. And you're listening to the Baby Pro Podcast, where we talk about everything and anything related to pregnancy and through the first year of your child's life. Every episode, we will discuss and interview experts on all the answers to the questions expectant and new parents want to know, such as creating the perfect birth plan, infant sleep, and tips and tricks for parenting a newborn. Welcome to the show. Welcome to episode 63 of the Baby Pro Podcast. I'm your host, Shelly, with Maria, the wonderful, amazing, what do you call yourself, a ceramic artist, a potter? Sure, all of the above. I don't know. I mean, like, I kind of think of myself more as a potter because I, I don't, I guess I don't really consider what I do art, even though I know it is. I don't feel like an artist. What? Let's put it that way. I know it's weird, but I don't. So when I, when I refer to myself as a ceramic artist, it always feels a little pretentious. I think um, you just have imposter syndrome. Probably. Imposter That's syndrome. probably very likely. Just like me. Imposter syndrome. Yeah. So I refer to myself as a potter. Okay. But I, sometimes it's easier to just say I, I make ceramics because people understand that better. Okay, well, the amazing and wonderful Potter, Maria. <laughs> I need a little sparkle behind me. <laughs> um, question for you. Yes. Did you ever use cloth diapers? No, I wanted to. Dan did not want to. Mm. <laughs> I don't think it's for everybody. It isn't. I kind of wish I had done some combination, though, of like cloth and disposable. Um, friend, my, my friends did a, like a logical to me, what was a logical combination where like they cloth diapered at home. And then if they were out traveling, they did disposable. Yeah. I think that a lot sense. of families do that. Yeah. I use cloth um, with all my kids in, in and outside the home. Yeah. Except the reason I stopped was because Hunter was older. I mean, he was over a year old. And I went back to nursing school and yeah, I didn't have time to wash cloth diapers when you're in nursing school. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Cloth diapers are more work. Um, I will say, I think everybody should have cloth diapers though. And not like, not in the sense that um, like the old fashioned cloth diapers. I had, I got a huge pile of them when Morgan was born. And I don't have any in there right now. I still have them and I still use them for everything. Like everything. You got a mess on the floor, get a cloth diaper. Got a mess on the table, get a cloth diaper. Like they're so functional and useful for every mess imaginable. It's one of those things that I gift to anybody I know that's having a baby. It's like, I'll just give them like this big package of cloth diapers. I'm like, listen, I don't care if you're cloth diapering or not, but you're going to love these. They're going to come in handy for everything. I know which ones you're talking about, the pre-folds. And I will yeah. say like, I was like a cloth diaper snob 
So I always, I bought the organic hemp pre-fold. So those I was not, and those I weren't using those to like clean up spills until the kids were outgrown them. But the cheap ones that you could get at Target, mm. they make the best burping cloths ever. Uh-huh. Yeah. Summer was a projectile spitter, spit upper. Yeah. And it soaked everything in and it didn't soak through onto like the best burping cloth ever, period. I would, that is a hill I will die on. Okay. Yeah. Hands down 100%. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I think every parent, whether they plan to cloth diaper or not, should have like a good stash of those on hand. Mm -hmm. Yep. Because come in handy for everything. Well, the reason why I ask is this week we are speaking with Bailey Bowman from the uh, cloth diaper podcast all about cloth diapers I don't know but I wish they were more ubiquitous ubiquitous yeah more commonplace because they don't make me google it right now it's too late (laughs) it's too late and I'm not googling big words I won't even know how to spell that (laughs) ubiquitous I'm stealing that (laughs) No, it's, it actually is spelled very much like it sounds. Okay. I'll remember that in Scrabble. <laughs> um, yeah. I, I like, I think if, uh, if cloth di- diapering services were like the, the wash, they pick up and, and deliver all of your dirty diapers. I think if that was more accessible, I totally would have done it. Yeah, because you can really only get that in the city. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Um, I was reading an article the other day. I don't know if you saw it, but they did this study um, with music and getting babies to sleep. Like, what is the best type of music to get babies to sleep? Because we all think it's like the lullaby type of music. The the slow, soothing music. But what this study found was that it's actually cheerful, happy music that gets babies to fall asleep faster. I would never think of playing music to get a baby to fall asleep. Like I would just think of white noise. I, I sleep with white noise. Morgan sleeps with night noise. Like, Oh, I used to sing my, to my kids until they fell asleep. Oh, I would just sing to Morgan. Mm-hmm. I, would, I guess I wouldn't think of playing... Especially anything like happy and upbeat at bedtime. Right. But apparently it works even better than the soothing slow music. So. Interesting. I mean, Morgan was like a, a boob to sleep kind of kid. Oh, so am I. Yeah. I didn't, I didn't ever use white noise. I never needed to. <laughs> like you just <laughs> take the boob in and it makes them fall asleep. And then you do the slither away. <laughs> Roll softly off the bed, crawl quietly across the floor. Oh, I know all of those memes of like ninja parents crawling away from their babies and like, I feel you. Yeah, I remember. I remember those days. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. The ninja moves. And like, you almost, it's almost like, did you watch that movie, The Quiet Place? Or A Quiet Place? Yes. Both of them. Yeah. You know how they have like the dots on the floor so they know where to step yeah. to not hit the squeaky floorboards? I wish I had had those in my house because 
every board in this house squeaks, right? So I had to like very carefully place every limb as I was carefully crawling away so as not to squeak the boards. And if you did step and it squeaked, you froze like you stepped on the landmine, right? You just froze. You're like... And you just like stand there frozen for 20 seconds trying to listen for the baby. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yes. Parenting is things. fun. Parenting is fun. <laughs> <laughs> Let's, I actually can't. I can't complain too much. Morgan was a really good sleeper. Yeah. Then don't she complain. Does a good sleeper. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's a good thing I never had a second one, right? Because that would have been like. The kid that never slept. Well, you can't have all easy kids. Right. Yeah. One exactly. of them. One of them has to be a terror. The first one always tricks you into having another yep. one, right? All right. Let's do our question of the week. This week's question was submitted through Instagram. And the question is, how do I know if baby is reacting to something in my milk? My four-month-old is really fussy. Is this a new fussy or, or a continuous? But that would be my First question is like, is this new behavior or is this like something that's been going on for four months? Right. I mean, if it's like, if it's been going on for their whole life for the whole four months, what I say to parents in my consults is it's usually not like a single symptom. It's, it's rare that it's just one thing that, that is triggered by some sort of food sensitivity. There's usually like a cascade of symptoms that come along with it. Um, if it's a new fussiness, I, it's probably not related to something that you're eating unless you like tried a new food and then directly after that they were fussy. Right. And I think lately that seems to be like the fad with pediatricians too. Like any time a parent says, Oh, I talked to my pediatrician about the fact that she was spitty and fussy and they said, take dairy out. It's kind of like the latest fad thing to do anytime a parent says that. But okay. true food intolerance, yes, your baby's fussy, but there's usually eczema, especially on the cheeks, bladder yep. mucus in the stool, persistent diaper yep. rashes. Oftentimes they might start to develop a feeding aversion um, yep. because they start to associate, you know, food with having that reaction. Right. Or they um, like spit up after feeding mm-hmm. and be like really more than just like a blip, but like a, right. Not necessarily projectile, though that's usually a, like a big flag for um, food intolerance, but it, like if it's more than just like a burp with a little bit of food after every single feeding and they seem really upset by it, that can usually be an intolerance of some kind. But the rash in particular is one that I always talk to parents about because most babies, you know, when they're newborn, our skin goes through all kinds of changes. So maybe they have like a little bit of rash in their cheeks that might come and go. But what I like to point out to parents is if it's related to something you're eating, it's probably going to start basically from the top and move down their body. Mm -hmm. They're going to have a rash, not just like a little bit of rash on their cheeks or maybe around their neck, but it's probably going to be their whole face. It's going to probably spread down their neck and down their torso, and it's going to be their back, their front. Like it's going to be a a full body experience for them, and they're probably going to be uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. Right. And 
And it's not always like green mucusy stools. Maybe sometimes they're having a hard time passing poops. Mm-hmm. Like they can't have a bowel movement. That can also be related to food intolerances. So, right. yeah. I think you'll want to work with someone who has experience in, in breastfeeding allergies and breastfeeding babies because pediatricians don't have that much training and experience. So most of the time they're just kind of guessing, oh, try taking out dairy. Oh, try taking out soy. Um, and there's a lot of myths going around that about elimination diets, like that, you know, one of the things that we hear all the time is, oh, it takes like six to eight weeks for dairy to come out of your system. And that's not true. It only takes like a few hours. It just, it takes six to eight weeks for your baby's gut to heal. Um, and not every time that you ingest dairy, for example, doesn't mean that the dairy is going to end up in your milk. Because sometimes it won't end up in your milk. But on episode 38, we interviewed Dr. Trill from Free to Feed, and they specialize in breastfeeding babies um, who have allergies. So if you are questioning whether or not your baby has an allergy to something that you're eating or what to do about it, if if they have been diagnosed with the allergy, I would definitely check out that episode, episode 38, and freetofeed.com. And next up, we will be speaking with Bailey. I remember when I was having babies that I was concerned about finances because we were new young parents. So we were on a tight budget. And I was also concerned about the environment and chemicals and certain products that I didn't want my babies to become in contact with. And that is one of the reasons why I chose the cloth diaper. So I cloth diapered all three of my kids and I happened to love it. I thought the cloth diapers were super cute. For me, the whole washing storage system was very manageable and they were just stinking adorable and they worked well. And especially with my youngest who had horrible diaper rashes, the cloth diapers really helped him avoid diaper rashes. So that's why I decided to do an episode all about cloth diapering. And for this episode, our guest is Bailey Bowman. A cloth diaper enthusiast for years, Bailey Bowman is not only the host of the Cloth Diaper Podcast, but has also written a beginner's guide called Cloth Diapers, the ultimate guide to textiles, washing, and more. She is a mom of two living in Prince George, British Columbia in Canada, and recently shifted into retail as the owner of a maternity and children's boutique in her local mall. Hi, Bailey. How are you? Oh, I'm good. How are you? Good. Thanks for jumping on and talking to us today about cloth diapering. Yes. Yeah. Cloth diapering is an interesting, but a big topic. We'll see how we can uh, touch an intro to it so people can go learn some more on their own. Yeah. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself? So I have, I, it's been a long time since I actually cloth diapered, but I've been in the industry now about seven years. My oldest is seven and my youngest is five. This past year, I bought a retail business. Now I own a brick and mortar and I get to do a lot of cloth diapering consults one-on-one instead of just virtually. So I started a podcast a couple of years ago and I've been podcasting exclusively about cloth diapering, consulting with brand. And we were trying to build an industry association. I guess it's still kind of in the works for the cloth diaper industry, trying to create some more community and cooperation within brands. It's just... Um, I'm sure as many people know, when you're in motherhood and trying to run businesses, you want to do all the things, but you have only so much hours and sanity. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I know all about that. <laughs> mm-hmm. I did cloth diaper for my children. And so my youngest is 12. So this is quite a while ago. And I remember <laughs> when I started the cloth diapering, the options seemed a lot more limited than they are now. 
Oh yeah. Although they were still good options. Like all in ones were like a newer thing and there was only one brand really offering it Mm -hmm. about. And and like like, 12 um, years ago, we really touted synthetics like microfiber. You probably used a lot of microfiber. I used some hemp too. Okay. Yeah. And a lot of that's like changed, like the textiles that brands like to use and purchasing power and all that. It's really cool to watch. And I think if you're not in, especially if you're not in the baby world, when you think of cloth diaper, you might think of like the rubber pants yeah. and the pins. <laughs> like, so I don't what, even know what like, is... where that comes from, but yes, <laughs> we are we're past rubber pants like. and pins. So today the modern cloth diaper is really kind of a two-part system in which you've got some sort of waterproof exterior. And today we use polyurethane laminate or uh, thermal PPU or PUL. It's basically uh, like not quite a raincoat material, I'm trying to think like what a regular person would incur PUL in their life. It doesn't happen a whole lot. It's not as thick as rubber pants. So one of the problems with rubber pants was that you get like hot and sweaty and they're hard to pull on. But PUL is more breathable. And then you have some sort of absorbent parts. You've got exterior shell and then you've got something to hold the pee, which is usually cotton or bamboo or hemp. And you alluded to all ones. And that's because every person in the last... 30, 40 years has found a better way to cloth diaper than using rubber pants. So we have lots of different styles on the market to fit a variety of different lifestyles and needs like budget to convenience. So we've got diapers that are all in one, which is essentially everything you need in them to diapers that are more affordable, like flats and, and covers and pocket diapers. So there's tons of different lingo here and it can be really hard and overwhelming to kind of navigate through. But really, you just have to start with one thing and try it. I swear, it's like one of those things where like there's so many styles on the market. But once you kind of get your hands on one, you'll start to kind of understand what we're talking about. It's hard to explain. It's just hard. I know know like I get customers in my retail store now as a brick and mortar and they're like, oh, this is starting to all make sense. It really is simple. And parents over the last like women are incredibly credible innovators. And in this industry, cloth diaper industry, we have seen women constantly finding better ways to diaper their children. So all the diapers on the market today have been almost exclusively designed by women who are are really finding creative solutions, make diaper easy for families. And I remember when I was in the cloth diapering world, you know, this is back in the days of AOL messenger boards, right? (laughs) And there was a cloth diapering AOL messaging board and And you were right, like all the small stores were just moms making diapers at home and selling them. And And they they want you to win. Yes, yes. And I used Mm -hmm. to sew some of mine by myself and I used to make the wool covers. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, I mean that's I'd either a whole knit other... them. Yeah, the wool soakers. I'd either knit them or I'd buy like a bunch of wool sweaters from oh, from the store. Shelly, you're and like, yeah, yeah, it was a lot of a lot of fun. But let's take a step back and kind of talk about why a family would want to cloth diaper. Oh, there's all. I mean, okay. Big, I mean, the biggest one we see these days is budget, especially cost of living. One of the best things about cloth diapering is that you are in control of the cost. So you can spend as little or as much as you want with cloth diapering and you you make that purchase and you never have to make that purchase again. So I think that's really advantageous to a lot of families, especially with disposable diaperings. And we've seen over the last couple of years, right? What are they? It's called shrinkflation where they just change the box number, but they keep the price the same. And so with disposables, you have that kind of variable cost and with cloth, it's consistent and you get to set the budget. So you can choose to spend 
literally as little as you want, a hundred bucks. You can get diapers for free through lots of amazing volunteer organizations in the States and Canada, or you can, you know, be bougie and you can spend a thousand dollars on a premium wool all-in-one blend system if you want. So that's really advantageous for a lot of families. And then the next one I think is environmental, especially if you have uh, landfill restrictions or maybe you really want to be in control about what goes against your baby's skin. I remember with my third, especially, he had really sensitive skin. And with the first two, you know, sometimes I throw a disposable on them when I was like having a crazy day or something. But with him, if I did that, he broke out in a horrible rash that wouldn't go away. So I had to kind of use cloth diapers with him because otherwise he would have this horrible skin because his skin was oh, just yeah. so sensitive. We, we see that a lot of times, even with cloth diapers, sometimes finding the right textile or finding the right detergent. Some kids are so sensitive. And that's one of, I think the best things about cloth diapering is it really can empower you to find a solution that works for whatever you're struggling with, whether it's like some sort of rash from a disposable. I know like disposable hygiene pads irritate my skin. So I can't imagine a cloth diaper on a on babies, but everybody has such different reactions. So it's an option out there to solve problems that you're experiencing. Well, what would be some of the common objections that you hear to why a family wouldn't want to or shouldn't cloth diaper? Like maybe there's some misconceptions. Like when I started cloth diapering, mm-hmm. I got a lot of people saying, oh, doesn't it like stink and things like that. So what are I the think, common things that you've heard? I think today we hear a lot of people complain about, I don't know what we've done in society to make it poop sound scary and big, but really, um, I know like you probably know, we all know that once you have a parent, you you deal with poop all the time. And the type of diaper that you choose, cloth or disposable, you're never going to escape it. You're going to have to deal with poop. And the other one I think about is washing. And I I think there is a lot of concern around the validity of washing. And it, it is a barrier, a barrier that you often can't overcome Sometimes there we're getting back to a few diaper services in some areas, which can be really easy, but there's a time, there's a time it takes to wash diapers. Yes, you can make it as simple as possible and we can find ways to make it work. But if you are like a working mom in the USA and you have all the other things coming at you, those are some really valid reasons that you can reevaluate it. Because it does take a certain amount of time and brain power to cloth diaper. You've got to figure out how to wash it. I mean, these are things that can be overcome, but it can be really easy to be overwhelmed in it, I guess. Right? Not sure how your washing experience went. And I think one of the biggest challenges I've faced in the industry is working with like new moms have to go back to work right away. And then there's trying to figure out cloth diapering at the same time. Then you're trying to figure out how to parent and you're trying to figure out how to motherhood. And it's okay to come back to it, I guess, is probably one of those objections that I hear. You know, you are juggling a lot of things in those first six months and cloth diapering is not all or nothing. And you can try again once you kind of get your brain on. You feel like you've got yourself settled into a routine. We've really been working on that in the cloth diaper industry. I would say like, it's okay not to do all or nothing. Like you don't have to do it full time. You can, you can just do it on weekends or you can just do it when you're home or you can just start when you're 18 months. Lots of different ways to work. The poop one is probably the biggest one. I don't think we get smells as much, but there's a, we've come a long way in washer kings, detergents, machines, textiles. I'm trying to think what other objections I've heard. Time, time is a big one and I think it's very valid. And then money. So again, like I said, you can spend as little or as much as you want. But often when we land on a website, we'll see like that initial three, $500 cost, which I would say is the average new stash. 
that's a lot of money up front. But there are, I mean, there's options, even part-time. You can reach out to Cloth Option or a diaper bank if you need to. Yeah. And I remember when I was having my babies, like we didn't have a lot of money at the time. So I was buying a lot of used diapers off of, you know, the groups or I would make my own or, you know, I just went, you know, especially when the babies were really little and growing really fast, I wasn't going to spend money on an all-in-one that they were going to outgrow in three weeks. Like I was buying the pre-folds with the cheap covers, Yeah, but buying them used was what really saved me a ton of money and they were fine. Like, yeah. Oh yeah. There's, and there's uh, the market, the market today is saturated Mm -hmm. completely. So like, and buying used is a great way like to get into it without like a lot of intimidation because you've bought them used, so you haven't invested a ton of money into it. Kind of experiment. Mm-hmm. You don't have to wait on shipping, especially if you right. find them locally in the marketplace. Yeah. And if the, you know, they were stained and I would just lay them out in the sun and uh, Yeah, I mean one thing <laughs> biggest benefit from cloth diapering is that I really have learned a lot about laundry. Yes. My family's laundry much better now much better yeah i never heard of stripping like stripping clothes or stripping before i started cloth diapering and then i was like oh my cloth diapers still smell even after i washed them and i learned about like sometimes you have to strip them or i was using the wrong detergent or whatever so i can see why like the time would be a problem for families well yeah time and like brain power like i think i mean i'm seven years out from my first and i really do feel like i'm starting to finally think a little clearer than ever before so it's really easy, I think, those first couple of years to get caught up in that and to get caught up in your own anxiety and am I doing this right? And, and cloth diapering can be really triggersome for some families and some women who are really struggling with that. And so it's okay. And it's also okay to like find people though. I mean, the community, there's lots of people who can't wait to share their love for cloth diapering so you can find local parents to lean on and they really would love to support you. Yeah. One objection when I started cloth diapering that I would hear is like, oh, you're not really saving the environment because of the amount of water and electricity it takes to wash the diapers and to ship them out, which that, I mean, it takes a lot of resources to make disposable diapers too. And then they just go into the landfill. So that didn't really make much sense to me because even though it can take a lot of water, I still felt like it was better than having all those disposables Uh, in the landfill. I would say like there is some strong validity in that argument. And we've seen a lot of research come out in the last five years around it and what they say generally is that if you can get your cloth diapers to go through a second or third child then you've won so because the bulk of resources used in manufacturing both cloth and disposables is actually in that first step of creating the product is the benefit with cloth is that you do get to use it so if your cloth diapers can last through a second child or last through a third child we see massive environmental benefits there in overall consumption. But that said, I think we have to be really conscious because, you know, there's parts of the United States handling drought right now. And that's a valid concern, right? In California, it might it might not always be an environmental sustainable choice when you have significant drought. And we also see with the environmental argument, it is really, again, you're in control of how much resources you want to use when you're washing cloth diapers. You're in control of whether or not you hang to dry or you use your dryer. And all those small choices that you make, adjusting your water temperature to the amount of detergent that you use can impact your overall environmental impact. And there's little ways you can tweak that and improve it. But if the concern is very valid, especially when we look at overall manufacturing and the amount of resources, there's lots of ways that as a consumer, you can get in control of that. 
And if you're already cognizant of those things, I think you'll you'll know what to do. And if you're not, it's okay. Just breathe. There's other things to focus on and worry on, I think, right now in the stage of life that you're in. And what about for families who, so like I'm just outside of Boston and I do have some families that I know in Boston that are living in like two bedroom apartments, no washer and dryer, and they're still cloth diapering because there is a diaper service, you know, in the city of Boston, but not anywhere else in the state. But what are some other creative ideas? Like you mentioned, like how much effort you want to put in it. But let's say you do have a family where there isn't a diaper service available and they don't have a wash and dryer. They Maybe they live in the small apartment and they really, really, really want a cloth diaper. So what were some creative ways to get around the washing issue that you can think uh, of? Yeah. So, I mean, hand washing was really big for a while. And hand washing is definitely a creative solution that a lot of families do, especially when they're low income, especially when they're really struggling they will hand wash their diapers because that is how you survive and it becomes a survival mechanism. But we've also seen the rise of like really affordable portable washers. You can get like a portable washer now for like a hundred bucks off Amazon that you plug and go that you can use in your bathroom with your small apartment. And I've seen a lot of families kind of switch to that where they have a portable cloth diaper washer and they'll use it for their other clothes, but it becomes really handy for cloth diaper. Laundry mats is something else that a lot of families will access and use. And then hand washing or like finding some sort of portable washing. Hand washing can just be really like physically draining. And so I mentioned because I really have seen, I used to host the Flats and Hand Washing Challenge for a couple of years. And I would say that I've really seen a lot of people shift towards like saving up for that $75 washing machine off Amazon to use because that kind of just like makes life easy. But there are a lot of resources out there about hand washing. And when we talk about hand washing, it's really about taking flats. So when we use this word flat, but it's a single sheet of fabric, think like a t-shirt. And it's usually cotton or bamboo. And you can just, you can wash it like a t-shirt in a sink and dry it. And it's quick and easy. And that's all you need <laughs> to catch poop or pee. But I think that's kind of like the one creative solution people have. I don't mm. Yeah. That's a good point about the the portable washers because I see those on TikTok all the time. Oh, yeah. where they, so and like the they're decade? like tiny. They're tiny. Yeah. And in the videos, they're usually just throwing like their underwear and socks for the day in there and just running it through real quick. And it never even occurred to me like, oh, that would be good for washing. And you could even just as you go through the day, like throw oh, all yeah. the dirty diapers in there. And at the end of the day, just run it through and it's all set. Yeah. I have a couple idea. of friends who live in apartments and that's kind of what they ended up doing. And I mean, sometimes your apartment will have rules on it, but sometimes you don't even like beg for forgiveness, ask for permission, beg for, yeah. Don't tell anyone who needs to know. Yeah. Put on the DL. I think asking for permission is easier than, uh, yeah. Begging for forgiveness is easier than asking for permission. Yeah. Yeah. Something like that. Something like that. Yeah. (laughs) And then what about daycares? What are your tips for, I mean, how... I'm sure it depends on the daycare and there's a huge variable out there. But, but I mean, there's not, it's usually like misconceptions. It's usually somebody in the daycare has had a bad experience before. And so they want to like make it. No, we can't do this. It's hard and easy. And I've done a ton of podcasts on daycares because parents have had to go through this challenge of convincing their daycare to use cloth diapering. There's not really any like laws a lot of times people just make it up to be honest and the other one is just like making it easier for your daycare providers so just like how you may have had some objections because you thought it was a rubber pants and smelly that's what your daycare provider is also going through 
and they don't know that it can be just as easy as disposables for them. And so a lot of times you have to hold their hands and walk them through the process and support them in finding and learning about cloth diapers. And so I think if you get a hard no right away, just remember they don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> Sit down with them and figure out, okay, how can we make this work? Can we make this work? And yeah, I even find some solutions together. But I would say majority of the time it's just like that. It's that, oh my gosh, something different. That fear that providers have. I, I've seen, and I think it's really cool, a lot of Montessori providers in the in the country will like hire out a diaper service and they'll just do it all in-house. That's like, that's the future. Guys of, of daycare providers providing cloth or diapers in general for parents. That's one mm-hmm. less thing to worry about, but yeah. Yeah, I remember I was fortunate enough where my babies could always stay with family members. I never had to send them to daycare. But, you know, if we were just hanging around at home, that's when I would use the pre-folds. And then if I were sending them to be watched by someone, I would use something like an all-in-one or the pockets because it pretty much looks and works just like a disposable. Exactly. So, and that's what a lot yeah. of parents will do, you know, like a simple, easy solution for their mm-hmm. provider and then like whatever they really enjoy at home. Right. And I remember I couldn't afford to do all all in ones, but I had some on hand for when we were like out of the house or the baby was being washed. And then when we were just home, I would just use the prefolds with the snappies. Do they still have snappies? Oh, yeah. Snappy still exists. Boingos, all those things. Right. Awesome. And that's what, like the benefit of buying used. You can really kind of like get as many or as few as you need at whatever your budget is and, and then kind of roll with it there. I do remember when I first started the cloth diapering, it was, I did feel like it was really overwhelming and a lot of work, but once I had like my system set up and in place, it felt pretty easy to me. And that's, that's kind of motherhood in its own. Yeah, that's true. In its own, in its own world. And I think uh, one of the biggest takeaways that I've taken away from like my seven years in the cloth diaper industry has really been like, it's a growth thing. Mm-hmm. And a lot of it is very relatable to all the stages and things that you have to go through in motherhood to grow as a human it will be very overwhelming I mean I mean there's resources to take advantage of I've written a book on cloth diapering which I tried to make super 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 easy it's on Amazon or you can buy it through my shop it's literally just called cloth diapers by Bailey Bowman and then there's tons of people creators on TikTok and Instagram creating content and they want you to ask questions like ask them questions they'll answer them and they'll try to answer them in their way and if you find somebody that you're like I don't really like this advice. Honestly, you can go find other advice. I, I think that's that motherhood part, right? You know, uh, there's like 7 million ways to feed your baby. There's 7 million ways to diaper your baby. And, and you got to find somebody who like aligns with you and makes you feel good. And you'll find your kind of rhythm with it. You'll find your way of doing it. And you really can enter at any time and exit at any time, find whatever you want to do and leave spaces, leave Facebook groups, leave creators leave books, leave websites that don't align with you. There's so much advice out there and some of it's good and some of it's bad. Trust your mama instinct on that and just like, "Hmm, you know what? This is stressing me out. Walk away from it. There's other people out there who are finding answers less stressful. You don't have to follow everything. Yeah. And because what works for one family may not work for you. Like I I used wool soakers, but I didn't use them a lot because (laughs) I don't know. It just felt like... Yeah. Kind of icky uh, to me to like know what yeah, icky, exactly. but like what works for one works for another. And I think that's one of the hardest things I have about talking about cloth diapering because there's so many possible solutions. And at the heart, at the core of it, you just got to start and you got to find out what's going to work for you. I can't tell you that. 
I've been in this industry for seven years. I had a consult in person. I was like, I literally cannot tell you which diaper to choose. Like, you just got to try it. You got to see, I'm not in your house. I don't know your routine. You got to take them home, see how it works. Give me some feedback. We'll work through it then. But it's so individualized. And I think it's okay also to like accept that. You're never going to find the best. I know, I'm not sure about your experience as a mom, but I was always looking for the best for my babies. And sometimes that threw me into loops that were not sustainable or not beneficial. Like you just, the best doesn't always exist. You just got to do it. Yeah, I think for me, it was just like, I want to try all the things. Oh, all. yeah. So I had like one of at least one of every type of diaper and brand imaginable at some point, plus the ones that I would make on my own, because I was like, I could do that. Turned out I wasn't a very good sewer, but it was diapers. <laughs> so who cared if they didn't look like, oh. <laughs> like sewn well, as long as they didn't leak, I was happy. So. I mean, it's hard to tell a new mom that they shouldn't do it all, but it's also just like, okay to accept the fact that like all is not sustainable. Like just mm-hmm. accept where you're at. It'll just like, mm-hmm. it's okay. But I know, the I know they want to. What are the guidelines, like the current guidelines for washing? Because I know when I was doing cloth diapers, there were all these like, these oh. are the types of detergent you can use and these are the types of detergent not to use and all that. So I approach cloth diapering with a pretty simple, it's just laundry philosophy. There's a lot of philosophies out there. Find one that works for you. Mine is just simple philosophy is that generally you can use almost any detergent as long as it doesn't have fabric softeners in it. Because fabric softeners, if you haven't learned this about laundry, coat the fibers to make them kind of soft and silky. And that coating is water repellent. But in cloth diapering, we need it to absorb water. A lot of times when people start ditching fabric softeners for their other clothes, it's like, yes, this is what clothing is supposed to be like. <laughs> so it has to have no fabric softeners in it, but you can really use whatever you prefer and want. One of the things I say is that if you want to use natural detergents, detergents without synthetics, plant-based detergents, you really want to be looking for natural fiber diapers. Synthetics clean synthetics and plant-based cleans everything, but synthetics clean synthetics. So if you're using microfiber, you might not get away with a plant-based detergent. Just like one of those things. Anyways, that all aside, cloth diaper laundry, simple. You're going to remove the poop. You're going to pot it in the washing machine. You're going to give it a good rinse because you want to get rid of as much urine as possible. But it's step one, remove the poop, give it a rinse. And then step two is give it a solid wash. And that's going to be usually your heaviest wash cycle. Your machine with some sort of warm water, ideally, and a full strength of detergent. So you're going to read the detergent package. And what does it say for the size of load that you're doing and the soil quantity on there? Your detergent brand knows best. They literally hire specialists in making detergents. Um, And you can even reach out to detergent brands and talk to them about if you're troubleshooting. I've learned over the years and I've done this. I've, you know, reached out to Tide and to Seventh Generation for advice on washing diapers because they know what other products will work well with their products or what won't work well. Anyways, do that. And then your diapers will come out of that load. And that's kind of like where I encourage people to assess, like what went down? Do the diapers feel slimy? Is there any odor still? And that's kind of like a good stage. And then you can dry them. Toss them in the dryer if you want to do that, or you hang them to dry. Dryers break down fibers. We know that for all clothing. So if you toss things in the dryer, you might see wear and tear quicker but you might also just need that step for sanity so accept that we see that wear and tear happen with all of our clothing but it's as simple as remove poop rinse it out wash it heavy duty cycle warm water dry it we see other steps get added when problems arrive and i feel like we don't need to do that until that happens so 
until you know for sure that you have hard water or soft water, that's when you start tweaking. You might know that kind of stuff already, especially if you're already doing your laundry. So if you already know that you have to use less detergent than what the package says because your water is super soft, kind of make that adjustment as you go. If you find different, there's just little tweaks that you can make as you go, but you got to start with the basics, kind of see what your machine does because we all have a million different machines. We all have different water, pHs, softeners, all that stuff. You can kind of get yourself a little bit wrapped up. And if you're feeling a little stressed, like honestly, find one person that you can trust locally, like one influencer or a local doula who knows things about cloth diapers or your retailer and reach out to them and talk to one person. Because if you drop a comment in a Facebook group, you're going to get a million opinions and not everybody is thinking about you. They're just thinking about themselves. And so it's not always the best advice. Right. That makes sense. Right. Right. Because basically you're asking what was the best advice for them. Yes. That's what they're telling you. Yeah. And I I find that like when you, yeah, if you sit down one-to-one with a person, they'll help you find a solution. But often when you, yeah, you drop a comment into a Facebook group or a Reddit thread, they'll be like, well, this is what worked for me. They won't think about what would actually work for you. And that's what we need to find the solution for. Right. And what if you are just like feeling overwhelmed on how to get started? What, how would you suggest the family kind of start getting into it without getting over? Because it is over, just the number mm-hmm. of styles oh. and types of diapers alone. That part alone is overwhelming. And then if they're reading that they have to do like special things in the wash and mm-hmm. you know storage. When I was doing cloth diapers, I just had a five gallon bucket from Home Depot and I would sprinkle baking soda in the bottom and I would just throw them in there. And people like some of my friends, they had special sprays attached to the toilets where they would spray the diaper down in special containers. And I'm here with my orange five gallon bucket that I would store in the tub when nobody was using it. It's not always the most aesthetic thing. And I think people like, that's okay. Like it can be, I was very, I had a five gallon I did a hat and washing challenge once. And then the thing about a bucket, it's not very pretty, but it's so practical. If you're feeling overwhelmed, you have to turn it all off and you need to find one resource that you'll be okay with. It's not always possible, but if you have like boutique or a service or a local person that you can lean on, like turn off the internet and just focus on them and do it. The other one is like, yeah, stop researching, like literally turn it all off buy a couple of diapers and just problem solve as you can do it at home. Like you can do laundry and you can raise a baby. You can do this and only turn on the internet when you need to, but you've got to start somewhere. And sometimes it's like stopping the research train because you will keep getting overwhelmed. Also, if you really do want to be on social media, I would say like really curate what you want carefully, like block, turn off things. But honestly, like just buy the diapers buy one or two. I often see this in my store. They'll just buy two, take them home, figure it out, use them, rinse them out, wash them. Figure. I mean, you got you, you kind of have to do it on your own, I think, or with the guidance of one person. But if you're feeling overwhelmed, it's time to turn off the internet. It's time to stop reading things. Stop watching YouTube videos. You're going to keep getting different advice the more that you go through and you're going to get further and further into that kind of wormhole. Even, I mean, if you were to listen to all 110 of my episodes, you'll hear a million different opinions. Like, just stop. Look for answers when you need a solution. Because at this point, if you're like, okay, I'm curious what class I bring, you like, go ask. Even, even if you, you like dropped into a Facebook group and you were like, hey, does anybody have some class diapers I can check out? Like, somebody would say yes. And you can sit down with them. 
Are there stores that sell like a sample? You know how like nowadays you get a bottle sample kit? Oh, yeah. <laughs> registry. Do they have any stores? Because I thought that that would be really helpful if you're kind of just trying to decide, do you want to go with all-in-ones or pre-folds or whatever? Having like a sample kit that you can buy would be kind of nice. So the, the problem is that the retail industry really shifted because right now almost anybody can start a cloth diaper brand. We don't see as many cloth diaper stores anymore. So there's not so much, I would say, but it would be easy to curate yourself and that you could just pick a few things and try it. And like this quest for the best is never going to happen. There's so many amazing brands and women in the United States creating products. Like just if you find somebody that you jive with, stick with them and just like try their products, they'll be excited for you. I think like yeah, everybody who starts a cloth diaper brand, they like want people to succeed and have positive experiences. So they want to help. But uh, try it kits, not really. Because we've seen, it's just the boutique industry really changed. I don't know. You know, a lot of businesses closed up during the pandemic when we saw that as well in our industry, in the baby industry. So there's not so many sampler kits available on the market. But if you've reached out to a retailer who sells cloth diapers and was like, hey, can you build me a sample kit? They would. Like if you reached out to me, at my store, I mean, I don't have a lot of options, but we would help you find those solutions. And I think that's something like a lot of people are scared to do. I don't know why they think that they can they're an inconvenience of the business owner. We want you to have an amazing experience. So if you need help with something, like just slide into our DMs. We will help you figure out a soother. We'll help you figure out a sleep sack. Like we'll help you figure out a cloth diaper package. Or we'll send you, and like I I know for me, I'll send you to the right person too. Like I know that not all my products are gonna be the right fit. And I'll send you to Stephanie who has a better collection. If I think that's where you really need to go, people want you to win. We're not out there to get you. Yeah. And I think that's a great suggestion. It's just, there's no harm in asking. And oh, yeah. if they just say, no, us. I can't do that for you, then you're the same as we were before. <laughs> so. Yeah. I find that a lot, like people are scared to ask me things and I'm like, oh, you know what? I, I would like give you the world if I could really as a small business owner. So reach out to... Not all small businesses have cloth diapers and you'll have to like kind of dig around for it, but there are a few out there. There are a few out there and they're excited. What about cloth wipes? Because I use cloth wipes mm-hmm. when I use cloth diapers, but I know not everybody does. Like some people will use oh, the disposable wipes. But have you seen wipes. the price of disposable wipes? Oh man. I know. And some people like it was a big thing when I was having babies, it was a big thing to make your own disposable wipes and you would take a paper towel and soak it in certain ingredients Ooh. to like make your own wipes. I never did that. I just basically used washcloths, like baby yeah, washcloths. I mean, what they do at our hospital, they give you a yeah. baby washcloths and that's all there is to it. You can buy fancy wipes, you know, of course, like everybody... How it works is like cloth diaper brand gets kind of popular. And then there are people who are like, oh, it would be great is if you made wipes out of this material. And then they make wipes out of that material. And those like wipes can be like, yeah, and they're wonderful. And they can be expensive, but baby washcloths do the job. And they're so much gentler because there's so much crap they put in wipes, disposable wipes. I don't know why. Unless you're using water wipes, but water wipes are like, apparently when you remove all the chemicals, you increase the cost a million <laughs> times <laughs> like how does that even work <laughs> i don't understand that but okay yeah cloth wipes are fantastic and they're great for all things i still use my cloth wipes because i use them for tissues in cold and flow season and i just mm-hmm. wash them but you just yeah. wash them with your rest of your cloth diapers they i, I don't know my... why they're kind of intimidating but they're they're really not yeah i was never intimidated from them i just didn't want to shell out like 40 dollars for a set of six hemp wipes that just the, yeah well then don't buy those Go to the dollar store, uh, Mm -hmm. pick up your own, 
cut up your mm-hmm. flannel receiving blankets if you're done using or them. Fleece. I, I made I a ton. Fleece. Yeah. Fleece. Yeah. I'm at terry cloth. Terry cloth is what if you have old towels, mm-hmm. you go to the dollar store. If you go to Sally Ann and pick up an old towel, I like a towel material because it's terry and it like gives you some abrasion. Yeah. <laughs> that <poop. laughs> scrub that butt. <laughs> yeah. To scrub that butt a little better. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There's also really cool products on the market right now that come out of France the ointment they're called baby wash usually they're called bum wash care products but they're called uh there's a fancy word lip they're anyways out of france they use anointments which is like liniment liniments and they are a lime water and oil combo and they cleanse the skin and they reset the ph of the skin and they've been really great as well one of the biggest reasons around diaper rash is because the ph of the skin changes and when you have poop and urine and water like all that breaks down the skin barrier so it's really important to be cleansing the skin with every single diaper change disposable or cloth so that you do get that skin health maintaining healthy so whether you use a liniment or you use some sort of soap and water that keeping that skin barrier on the baby's bum is like the most important thing to reduce rashes however you deal with it what about like traditional diaper rash creams, commercial diaper rash creams? You, yeah. And so you can use most with cloth diapers, except for, there's always an except for. I know it's annoying. Petroleum-based products will just be hard to clean out of synthetics. The thing is, you'll learn is that synthetics and synthetics will either agree with each other or not. And so when you have a petroleum-based product like Destin, I think, is that that big creamy white one? Yeah, that's yeah. the one I always yeah. Yeah, it doesn't really love to come out of it doesn't really love to come out of no. anything. And I learned that the so, hard way. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't really love and so there's but there's there's solutions. If Destin is like that creamy white one is the the god of everything that you love to use, you just put a barrier between that and your diaper, which is usually uh disposable liners. You can get like these thin sheets of bamboo or cotton that you can lay down. It can be help with poop cleanup, it can help with a barrier between your textile and your I mean, because even if you got that on your shirt, you like wiped it on yourself, it would not want to come out. Or you can use something like a paper towel or a tissue or like a, even like a sheet of toilet paper will help protect it. But natural, a lot of like other great options of what people create with sunflower oil or olive oil, like all that's safe. You can put that against your diaper, no problem. If you could, if it will wash out of your t-shirt, it'll wash out of a cloth paper. Okay. That's I you know, if family is expecting their baby and they decided to cloth diaper, what do they need to start out with in general? Like what's a very basic amount of diapers that they would want to start out with? Nowadays, I think we're really leading towards you can start off with eight to 10, which is a day's worth of diapers. If you want to wash less often, then that's when your numbers go up about 20 to 25 changes is usually what's recommended. So we talk about eight to 10 diapers. Let's or 20 to 25 diapers, either or, like one day's worth or two or three days worth. You're thinking about the number of diapers a baby goes through in a day. So if you've already had your baby, feel free to count. How many diapers do you change in a day? And then maybe add a few. And we talk about diaper changes because some systems, you can just swap out the inserts. So then you'll need eight inserts and like three covers, or you'll need eight full systems. Does that make sense? I'm just trying to simplify that answer. Yeah. That makes and so it's about eight, it's about eight to 10 diapers a day. And so you buy a stash for however many days that you kind of want to wash. Keep in mind that your washing machine only fits so many diapers. You're not going to be able to fit 75 diapers in your washing machine unless you're like a commercial operation, but you're not. So you'll need that. 
then you'll need some sort of wipes. I mean, so either disposable wipes or cloth wipes. You'll probably need a container to keep your dirty diapers in. You can keep them in a five-gallon bucket, like Shelly suggested. Really awesome because airflow breaks down smells. Or you can get a wet bag. So that's another common term in the industry, which is just a bag that's lined with PUL that keeps the wet in. They usually will have zippers or they'll have snaps and you can mm-hmm. hang them. Or I used you can to use travel in. wet bags when I was out of the house. And yeah. so many cute patterns. <laughs> and so many good juices. I gift them now for friends at baby showers because it's like, if you have a blowout, like you can put anything in there. You can put your mm-hmm. swimsuit in there and you can put dirty clothes in there. The whole point of a wet bag is to keep the yuck in. So there's so many yucky situations in motherhood. And then like a lot, you'll want a washing solution. Okay, so you have a washing machine and then usually you can just use whatever detergent you're already using. What else would you need? It's really like, I think that's about it. Like that's, I mean, I usually in the store, we'll start off with eight to 10 diapers and maybe a wet bag, but really like a laundry pail or a, or a five gallon bucket that you already have at home. Like you don't need to buy all the things. You will find lists on the internet that are like millions long, but you don't need it all. And you will figure out what you need. You'll, you'll go along and you'll be like, you know what would make this really easy right now? And then you go buy that. I mean, I always, when people would ask me, I'd be like, well, if you're using prefolds, I would highly recommend the snappy because yeah. it just worked so amazing. And, and I was, I know there are people who would fold and fasten without a snappy or anything. They would just, it would just stay in place, but that never worked for my babies. They, <laughs> I don't know. They had like chunky thighs and they moved around too much. The diaper would just one, shift out of place. Um, one brand that I can like really recommend for both their like simplicity of answering information and their resources online is assembly baby. They just uh, started March 2020. She launched her company. And she was a diaper service for about 10 to 15 years. And they spent a lot of time developing their product. And and, uh, Liz really kind of approaches it with this like simplicity mindset. And her resources are really amazing. Even if you don't use her diapers, I would check out her resources. I really, uh, woman is amazing. I reach out to her regularly. But Assembly Baby is a really great kind of online resource, I would say, for that. And they have a really simple guide of things that you need. And don't be like afraid to find a hack for it. Like, yeah, you don't need, you could use a plastic bag in your diaper bag. If that's what you got. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, plastic bag bands aren't affecting my province right now. So maybe not, but <laughs> I'm just, yeah. And where can people find you if they want to connect um, with you and learn more about you? You mentioned your book. Is that on Amazon you said? Yeah. And it is, is it on called? Amazon. You can purchase it directly through nestandsprout.ca is where I have it now. And then... I have a website for the Cloth Diaper podcast and you'll find all sorts of resources there as well, including free guides. I, I try my best and I send my information out to a lot of different people to kind of like, how can I make this easier? Um, so you'll find a lot of like beginner's guide. I've also had my beginner's guide translated to Spanish because my assistant is from Brazil. So she has a lot of my translations for me. So there's that. And there's also a troubleshooting guide where it's kind of like a choose your own adventure that you can download there. And you can find tons of different stories and experiences from people at clothdiaperpodcast.com. Or you can find us on pretty much all the social medias. If you reach out to me on Instagram, it will be my assistant. So shoot me an email if you ever need to get in touch with me directly or find me at my store, Nest and Sprout. It's a lot to own a retail store and maintain a podcast when you especially buy. But yeah, that's email is the best way to get a hold of me if you need to get a hold of me personally. But Cloth Diaper Podcast can be found almost everywhere on iTunes, Spotify. And, and I have tons of great YouTube content as well, Cloth Diaper Podcast. 
Perfect. I will put links to those on the show notes. Thank you so much for joining me this morning. Yeah. It's pretty early for you. I appreciate you getting up. And, and well, now you're everybody getting ready for school. I'm like, okay, yeah. now the day. I actually feel good. We're going to get the day beginning now. Maybe I'll edit some of my own podcasts today. Well, there you go. There you go. Right, have a great day. Thank you for joining us this week on the Baby Pro Podcast. Make sure to visit our website, ShellyTaftIBCLC.com, where you can check out more options for support through pregnancy and beyond, including the Baby Pro Bistro, our parenting community. You can also follow us on social media at ShellyTaftIBCLC on Instagram. If you love the show, please leave us a rating or review on iTunes to help our episodes reach more parents like you. Thanks for listening.